This week, China lowers its one- and five-year lending rates in a bid to spur its economy, while the idea of banning crypto mining, which started in China, gets consideration in Europe and the U.S. TransUnion and Vantage Score recently announced a partnership to provide consumer credit scores to allow cryptocurrency investors to borrow based on their creditworthiness. The service is provided at consumer's request through the security firm Spring Labs. In this edition of Commerce Code, who won and lost in 2021? A look back at retailers and banks with Mehmet Seskin of MyGenie. Dan Carell here, and this is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. Thanks for joining us for insights into the evolving world of digital commerce. Main Street businesses are broadly optimistic about the year ahead, with 53% expecting increased revenue, while only 10% expect a fall in sales. This is according to the Main Street Index of Project Collaboration of Payments and Melio. Main Street businesses say their big challenges are inflation and economic uncertainty, according to the report. Those concerns are higher for bricks and mortar stores, where 60% report concerns about inflation, while 50% of online retailers report the same. Concerns about economic uncertainty have the same gap in which brick-and-mortar operations are feeling a greater risk. For context, concerns about inflation and overall uncertainty about the economy were over twice as prevalent as concerns about supply constraints, the ability to hire staff, government restrictions preventing customers from visiting stores, or overall employee costs. While things may get better, operating is still hard. In the first two weeks of January, 8.8 million U.S. adults said they couldn't work because of COVID. Either they had it or were caring for someone who did. That is a pandemic high mark by far and adds to the challenges faced by every business. Today on the show, we will take stock of how retailers and banks have performed during the pandemic so far in a conversation with Mehmet Sezgin, founder and CEO of MyGenie and longtime senior executive in the financial services sector. MyGenie is an AI-driven loyalty rewards and customer engagement platform. Mehmet, thank you so much for joining us again on Commerce Code. Where are you joining us from? Right now, it's 11 o'clock in the uh, world that I live in, and it's Istanbul, Turkey. Well, thank you for staying up late for this, and I hope you had a second or maybe a, a third espresso after dinner. The last time, Mehmet, that you joined us on Commerce Code, we discussed how the role of merchants and banks were changing as new forms of digital commerce emerge. That was all the way back in August of 2020. What changes have you seen since we last talked? If you want to look at those two parties that we were talking about, merchants and banks, I think merchants have suffered more in this COVID era. I think merchants had to rely on many other channels just to keep alive. When you use all these other channels, especially the delivery companies, the merchants started to lose the customer touch. When the customers come to your store or come to your e-commerce site, you have the ways to engage with them. But once that relationship is interrupted by taking your products and services and delivered through either big aggregators like Amazon.com or apps like Uber Eats or DoorDash, the customer touch has not become, of course, uh, the most important thing. The, the only thing they wanted was to survive. We've been talking about technology in the past decade or so, taking out the intermediaries in many of the supply chains. But right now, we actually added 
intermediaries because of the way that COVID affected our life. The banks have been lucky. They haven't done much. The only thing that I see banks have done is to enhance their mobile functionality set. I love some of your insights here and the framing that retailers, if they're not careful, may discover that they're distributors or, or wholesalers. Given the importance of maintaining that consumer relationship, how would you say banks and retailers can keep the digital attention of consumers? Exactly. So I think for banks, there are, of course, projects, there are, of course, new offerings from the banks, but it is becoming more and more difficult for the banks to either get out of their legacy systems or for regional and, and smaller banks to work with the processors with the speed that they need or they want to come up with these new digital experiences. I think the lack of innovation coming from banks is just encouraging fintechs to be bolder. But the bottom line for the banks is they're not doing well in terms of creating a better customer experience through the digital assets that they already have. For retailers, what they will need to do is collect data in an environment where their sales may still happen with channels that are not under their control. So if they are going to collect data from those intermediaries, they should, first of all, and then still invest in their own database and data mining capabilities starting from not only what they sell and how much they sell, but to whom they sell. And then work with those additional sales channels that they didn't work five years ago to come up with some joint customer engagement programs to engage with their customers with their own brands rather than those sales channels brands. So the work you do at MyGenie uses data to customize mobile offers for banks. Is that pretty similar to what you've just been describing in terms of data analytics and data work? Yes, we use data. We do believe in customization of data, but a lot of companies and banks have not used it. Now, the thing that I was referring to also investing into customer databases. Now, as my general, of course, we do have it, but a lot of retailers, again, have their inventory system, their sales systems, but they do not have, apart from collecting telephone numbers, as we all know, when we do go to shopping, those telephone numbers eventually do not create connections. So I believe, and this is what we try to implement at MyGini, that the approach to customer should have several pillars. One of them should be, you can call it gamification, but I call it being dynamic and consistent. You know, you cannot just do something once or twice a year, 4th of July sales and Christmas, and then leave everything empty. The customer needs to see that you are trying to reach out. You are trying to do interesting things. So I think that's the first thing. The second pillar that we always believe is in you know, relevancy. I don't want to send you 10 offers that you will never use and you will just scroll or delete. So the database, the data mining capability should be there. And when I say it should be tried, not every company is going to have a great data mining capability. That could be expensive. But then if you look at all these cloud facilities around us, you know, AWS, Microsoft Azure, you know, IBM or, or Google Cloud, they all have data mining capability and they actually come without a large cost. So those offers eventually need to be personalized, customized as much as possible. And the third one, you can say transparency, no gaming. If you say something, you know, it's going to be true rather than playing games to sort of trick the customer, you know, be transparent, be trustworthy. So the customer doesn't feel like they're tricked all the time. They got to read the fine print. All the tools are available, but again, a lot of retailers do not have marketing departments that 
look at this and take it as a project that they will need to invest in. Eventually, a company will be successful if they have large number of customers who are happy about the company itself. Not because you have 10 channels, you will be successful. If those channels do not create enough number of customers who are happy to stick with you, you will not sustain that success. Now, this last question, I say with trepidation the words after COVID, but my family's been working overtime to uh, get us all to herd immunity, it seems. After COVID, what can we expect in the world of payments here in the U.S.? You know, there's a big difference, obviously, between wishful thinking and the realistic forecast. So my wishful thinking is real-time payments. As the banking system could not pull that off, we've seen companies like PayPal, Venmo, and others coming in. But in an efficient banking system, we should have a real-time payment transfer capability. Again, transparent, easy, and cheap. Now, I hear from time to time that this is going to happen because there are initiatives from the government, from the bankers association themselves, from other companies that the banks form, but it has not materialized yet. I hope that we eventually see that because talking about COVID, no contact, you know, checks are contact. (laughs) So we should see that. But I'm sure as a forecast, what we will see is much more contactless card transactions And we will see also a lot of wallet transactions. Of course, as a former banker, I'm disappointed to see that it's Apple Pay and Google Pay who are taking the lead rather than the banks. But at the end of the day, if the consumer is happy and the efficiency is there, that's great. Mehmet, thank you so much for joining us today, especially at this late hour in Istanbul. Have a great night. Thank you very much for having me. Coming right up, closing thoughts on how organizations change and don't change during a crisis. Mehmet said a few things during our conversation that got me thinking about how hard it is for organizations to change, even when a major shock like the pandemic convinces everyone that change is unavoidable. Necessity is the mother of invention is a saying so embedded in the English language that it doesn't really have a source. The Oxford English Dictionary just says it's an English proverb, possibly attributable to Plato, who said something similar a few thousand years ago in the Republic. But is necessity the mother of invention? The folks who study the history of invention generally don't think so. A new metal or a better plow or horse collar or interchangeable parts were just as necessary and just as valuable at any time in the last few thousand years. So if necessity isn't the mother of invention, what is it the mother of? I'm pretty sure necessity is the mother of adoption. Inventions come along, but we don't adopt them right away because we don't have to. We're change resistant, especially in groups. Individuals, yeah, we might be inclined to do new things, but groups are allergic to new approaches until necessity knocks on the door. The pandemic was that necessity for nearly everyone, And true to form, we adopted a lot of things that already existed, but we hadn't fully embraced yet, like Zoom as the most obvious example. Mehmet's comments were a nice review of how those adoptions were good and also where they might hurt some players in retail or banking. And I also heard him saying that some more adoption, more intentional, more thoughtful adoption, and possibly some new inventions are now in order if retailers and banks want to set themselves up for success in coming years. To find out more about the latest trends in digital commerce and digital advertising, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. 
for the Digital Commerce Alliance. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless. This is Dan Carell, signing off.